This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 39 for January 26th, 2011. Catechesis, the never-ending story. Welcome to Prairie Rome Companion this week. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and Father Andrew Dickinson is helping out with the retreat, so I have my highly esteemed co-hosts here once again, guest co-hosts. This is like on uh, the Johnny Carson show when, what's his name, couldn't be there, they got somebody else, right? Right? Kevin, Miles? Pleased to be here. The esteemed Kevin Miles? Pleased to be here. Renee Leach. And you're stuck with us again. Hi, Renee. <laughs> Father Andy just seems to be disappearing more he often. He is. Here. I don't, I don't. <laughs> so, I mean. Are you guys paying him because you really want to be on the air? Oh, yeah. Like, this is Your a high paid gig right here. broadcasting to the world. <laughs> um, we have, Liz, of course, the listeners know because they're there, but we have listeners in Arizona, Australia. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm nervous. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, so um, next week, the very end of January, beginning of February, is Catholic Schools Week, at least here in the U.S. And uh, I was talking with Kevin Renee before uh, when we were talking about a topic, and we thought we could talk uh, not so much about Catholic schools, but about Catholic education, particularly for adults. And I think a lot of times, uh, as we were talking about um Catholics, whether they go to Catholic school or they go through their parish uh, catechetical program, um, speaking at least for myself, I was confirmed when I was a senior, so I stopped my formal catechetical formation when I was in 12th grade, both in terms of the sacrament of confirmation, but also my parish program. Um, and my attitude was, well, I'm, I'm, I'm done now with that. I didn't think of that consciously ever, but that's just how it was. You know, I graduated and I'm done. Uh, that's, but that's not the case. Right. 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 No. Yeah. Why? I well because it's a kind. Con- I mean, it's a constant journey, a constant learning. Um, it's once you've engaged in that life, you don't unengage. Once you've accepted Christ and you've confirmed, you you don't disengage. A wise person once told me. Wasn't that if, me then. It wasn't you, Kevin. <laughs> it might have been me though. I want to wait. Oh, it might have been you, yeah, Chris. We'll <laughs> so. A wise person once told me that um, when you have a relationship with somebody or want to have a relationship with somebody, um, part of of that relationship is getting to know that person, and so that's what adult faith formation is. If, um, our faith is a relationship with God, and so part of the journey is continuing to learn about right. God. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's the key. Because, so, so if if you know, you could devil's advocate or somebody could say, well, but you don't go to school your entire life. I mean, but you learn every day. That's true. But you don't have a, but you don't have any formal instruction, so to speak. True. Um, 12th or maybe, maybe high school or maybe some for college or, or well, graduate. It's like a friend once so, told me, you said a liberal arts degree. So a liberal arts degree gives you the ability to learn. Right. You know, it, it does not, you, I don't remember everything they taught me in every class, but they gave me the tools to discover, to research, to learn. To, but you still, you finished college. I mean, yeah, but you, I yeah. would argue that too, though, Chris, because a doctor continues to um, go to school to up, you know, to improve, up, their skills improve his skills, the, and a teacher has to be recertified. And, and I've taken some training lessons to work here, and I'm sure you've done some ongoing training too. I mean, I think our training does. <laughs> Continue. Yes, I've taken training. I was just thinking ongoing training. Nobody is, told me is, about that. <laughs> so, no, uh, no, but, you know, I see where you, I, I, I understand where you're going with that. It, there is times, though, that, 
you, when does it become the personal individual digging into it and going on, and what carries that faith experience further? Right. And and because uh, it's, a, I just you know I was teaching an RCA class, and and uh, um, a gentleman stayed after, and he asked me, he says, "Did you ever wander from the faith?" And I, it made me think, did I ever wander <laughs> from the faith? And but even in college, Renee knows me from college. But even, even This in, is a PG yeah. show. So I, <laughs> but even in college, though, I went to Sunday Mass. I never missed Mass. You know, faith was still important, uh, even when I was in the college age and, and having my fun and, and everything like that. Faith was still very important. Why? Why did you well, continue you know, Mass? Well, you know, I... Well, and that's interesting because I told the gentleman, I told him that I said, it's a struggle. It's the struggle between my my born Catholic guilt of who I am, and but there was an honest. I I really do say I have an to have an honest fear of the Lord. Um, and that's what I grew up. I grew up with that too. So now, is that healthy or not? I don't know. No, uh, but I do. No, that's a good. Is it healthy? I mean, so I, so basically, you went to mass because of an un- unhealthy psychological reality. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's uh, you. No, that's that's why I was debating with him. I say, you okay. know, I don't I don't know if my fear of the Lord was unhealthy. Um, you know, it some would have called it unhealthy. Could call it unhealthy. Some have call all guilt unhealthy. <laughs> was just, well, was it know. okay? And maybe it was, but was it really just out of guilt? Or, no, what do you, say? you know that's just it. I mean, when I but I hadn't reflected on it. I mean, maybe out of sense of obligation is one thing, and I get guilt kind of goes with that kind of. I, I think sometimes we don't have the guilt, and I think we make it a bigger deal than well, it is. And, and the, well, true. And it, I our conversation really went. I said, "Boy, you know, how am I? I now try to talk to my kids not so much about. I talk to them about fear of the Lord, but also out of generosity. You know, um, we go." We go because we have the opportunity to go to Mass. It's, right. it's out of God's great generosity to us that we return the favor and embrace that. And also to talk about the that within Scripture, within teaching, that there is a healthy fear of the Lord because of how awesome right. the power of God is, that there's a respect of that. And not so much the fear of God with the thumbtack or the lists like strike the, you with lightning. striking you with lightning mm-hmm. and everything. You're striking me God, which at times as a kid growing up, you have that mentality. Sure. And that's, that's you know, for the ongoing formation of my children, I, I want to give them the, the awesome fear of God and not the striking down fear of God. And I tell my children too on the church thing is, you know, with all the blessings that we've received during the week, it makes sense for us to go back mm-hmm. on Sunday and thank him. Yeah. Okay, so this is about you know, kind of going yeah, to Mass, but in terms of the larger um, ongoing faith formation. So, Renee, uh, you talked about how it's a relationship, but we don't take classes about our spouses. Right. I mean, if right. we, we we try to grow in a relationship with we're we're all married, so in relationship with with our wives or husband, but we don't take you know we don't read books about. So so why should we continue? I mean, is it enough? Well, it's to, also that can work for children too. You know, you can read all those books, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, so, right. so you're just helping my point. I know. Here. I mean, I am helping so, your point. So if, as long as we're praying and going to mass, isn't that? The important thing, or isn't that well, that's sufficient? A, that's a backbone. I mean, that's the backbone of it. I mean, I think really you need the 
you need those backbone items in our lives to help us lead the families and, and marriages and that. Um, there is nothing written, and you need that. You need that signpost in the road that keeps you balanced and focused. And I think that's where the Sunday, the, the obligation of okay. Sunday, and all that really helps out on that journey. Okay. What were you going to say, Ray? Well, I just think as far as um, you know, continuing adult faith formation, our faith is so deep that. Um, you can look and look and look and learn and learn and learn, and I don't think you ever get it all. And I think what we're given in religious ed class or even in Catholic schools is the very tip of the iceberg. And for me personally, as I have taken classes and as I have read books and had conversations with theologians, um, it draws me in, it draws me closer, it makes me even more interested and one of the things that I'm in constantly amazed by is that as I learn more, the figures in the Bible come to life for me. It's not just a name in the Bible on a piece of paper. These were real people who had the same feelings <clears throat> and the struggles that we had. Um, and it just it helps solidify things in, in my mind. And, and, and continues the learning, too. Correct. It's like... Um, I, I was always amazed every time I did a step in my life, faith life and my marriage life is that the more I know, the less I know. You know, exactly. is, is that always that continued journey? As is, as I got deeper into something, I'd meet someone or I'd come into a situation that I go, oh, I don't know that as well as I thought, and I dive into it deeper. I thought I knew my faith, then I went to Mexico and lived in Mexico and did mission work for a year. I realized I didn't know my faith mm-hmm. as well as I should have. Dove into that, and you know, nothing's better than working with the priests and religious that I was working with, and they'd hand me documents and say, well, you need to learn more in this, and you just found out how less you knew. Exactly. And you continued to grow deeper in that. Now, that's something I try to equate to my children, too, is that the more you know, the less you know. And they're going, what do you mean by that? And But they discover that, and they and I guess it's really trying to instill a hunger. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and, and get that going. And, and but I think the the continuing adult faith formation. Um, we live in a society where we're used to being fed, mm-hmm. and and it's all quick, really easy right. access. And I find with my faith that um, for it to be effective, it has to be a personal choice. Mm-hmm. You have to want it, mm-hmm. and you have to go. You have to go looking for it. You have to find out. Yeah, you know, like uh, trying to go off that hunger piece. You got to find. You got to look into who you are to, to get hungry. You know, mm-hmm. to and what's important. What's important because it's really when you're satisfied. That's when you're truly satisfied. It's when you understand you're feeding yourself in a good way. You know, by digging into that knowledge and that discontent that would happen. Right. You know, when I when I find myself far away from, you know, it's really. I think hardest. I've tried to explain to people before. Many people think that because you work for the church, that you're you, you're more closer to God, or your spirituality is right. better. Or you or don't have the hardships and the you trials. Don't, yeah, and the trials of faith. And I think that's totally the opposite. I think we get I get complacent, and I don't dig into it. I get into the routines, and it's just I'm, I'm as guilty as the everyday person working. Or even you, know. you can become disillusioned. Oh, I mean, yes. working for the church, you <laughs> see the the humanity of the church. Exactly. Uh, so. It also can give you faith if you think about it long enough. You know that that, that with it, God used human. You know, right. when you especially look at the apostles and you look at their situation, especially as we go towards 
towards Lent and Easter, and we see the humanity of the disciples of Christ at this crucifixion, at yep. is through through Scripture and how dumb they were and how many times yep. Jesus said how many things to them that they shouldn't understand and they didn't <laughs> understand. Yep. And it wasn't until the introduction of the Holy Spirit that they really understood. Yep. It really helps, you know, for me to look on that and say, thank the Lord he's using us in the way he does. So how, as you, uh, once again, in the long, long lives you've already lived. Uh, that is how, so rude. How, <laughs> you know, why are we, our culture is so fixated on youth. Oh, you're you the one say, who you're darn right. No, you should say, <laughs> no, take, instead of taking that as an insult, you mean, that darn right. I, darn, I've I, got the wisdom, the wisdom of my years. Darn right. Yes. I've got wisdom. That's right. No, wisdom is a gift. It you is have a experience. gift. I, have it. I, I think I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, is that an inside joke I just missed? No. Uh, <laughs> so how in, in your lives, uh, particularly the adult portions of your life, how has your faith, as it's deepened, as you've grown, how has it mattered? You know, one thing I say oftentimes to people when it comes to why adult faith formation, I say the faith of a 14-year-old is not sufficient when you're 40. When The faith of a 15-year-old is not f- sufficient when you're 50 and so right. on. Uh, I think it's like love, too. My love for my wife when I was dating her is different right. than my love for my it's, wife today. Yeah. Well, and and as guys. far as your faith goes, um, frankly, at 14, the issues that you face in your life, while they may be hard, are very different than the issues that you face mm-hmm. when you're 40. And there is a maturity of growing. And um, <clears throat> and it's it's really... I think you. I think we, that's where I'm saying that hunger. Or we right. talked about that. That back. The once you engage it, I think if we're really engaged into discovery, if we're really engaged into wanting to, if we're engaged in wanting to ask the hard questions that need to be answered at whatever period in life we are, I mean, is, you know, at that 14 or 15, I viewed God as the old man yep. in the in the yep. scripture. You know, you go through that, and then thou shalt not, thou, thou shalt not, yep. thou shalt not. And and it's it's taken time to understand that the thou shalt nots are really saying freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> are offering a, a better way of life. You know, the child. So you looked at it differently. And I think there's that hunger that you have to con- try to instill or find within yourself to want to continue and discover. And then that's when the faith, I've met people my age, 48 years old, who have the faith of a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it's a kind of a mystery to me that they've never engaged in that, trying to be hungry. But know? how has the fact that you have the faith of a 48-year-old mattered? I mean, why, not to say, well, how has it mattered? Why does it matter for both, I mean, how does... Why does understanding more at an adult level, how does that, how does that have a practical impact? How is that relevant? For me, um, it has provided me with the reassurance that God is walking with me on every adventure that um, my family takes me on, every mountain that we have to climb. Uh, I know that I'm not alone. God is... is is there and he is walking with us through it um and i think it because you're aware of that the deeper the deeper learning increases your awareness and you're aware of the everyday miracles that are around you and Mm -hmm. you're aware of of how he works in your life and and even though sometimes you have to look backwards to see it 
um, you're aware of the the miracles. And there's that inner peace. I mean, we all, uh, at different times in lives, when we are searching, we find that that moment of inner peace Mm -hmm. where there is a a settling of your heart and a settling of your spirit that you know God is present in your life. And I think that continues that journey. And I think at a 48-year-old faith where I'm at now, I'm, you can find that satisfaction, that peace a little bit easier. Or not, I shouldn't say easier, but you, know, you can put yourself into a place where, you know, I don't have mansions, I don't have, you know, portfolios, but I'm at peace where I'm at. And I've let a, I'm, you can look back on life and say, wow, because right. I've followed this journey. Right. I've experienced all this. I've, I've engaged in people that I've never thought I would. Um, you know, it's one person once told me, he says, you know, you're following God's path when you look back on life and you say, wow, I'm, I'm here and I've experienced that mm-hmm. and you've loved it. Um, no matter what your circumstance, if you're in the gutter or if you're on the top of the mountain, yeah. you right. know, you can look back with peace and say, that was great. And you can recognize the growth, the personal growth and <clears throat> the relationship growth with God. One thing that I, uh, or, the, the more understand, the, with the intellectual component of ongoing faith formation, because obviously that's part of it, but not all of it. Um, to me, that sort of provides the, the raw materials for the relationship to grow mm-hmm. deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, to use any other relationship, like when we first, or at some point when after we first met our spouses, whether it was initially or later, um, there, there was there was an attraction. We wanted to have a relationship with them, uh, but along we wanted to know more about them right. as well. Right. So I mean, what, th- this is going back to what things you both said were saying earlier. It's just sort of natural. I mean, if you're desiring a relationship with Jesus Christ, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. Just as you as you grow in that relationship, you're going to want to learn more about who they are, mm-hmm. about who God is. It's it's not it's not as if, because I was the way I was I was just devil's advocating was setting up sort of as a, a dichotomy. Well, there's the relationship, but then there's the learning, but they flow together. They do. And so the more we 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 learn about God intellectually, the more we want to know Him personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we grow through these stages of like Kevin, you said. Um, uh, thou shalt not. You rec- in time, you recognize that that's allowing freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're 14, we yeah, don't necessarily don't see, see that, it that no, way. That. Mm-hmm. And you progress through that. I mean, and yeah, I I find it interesting. You know, as you talk about relationships, I think that's how important that in the relationship that that is always part of the learning process and the discovery of God within that too. Just through that lived. Because then you're talking a 14-year-old, you know, and how we progress, and you progress from seeing God as an old man, and then you progress into um, the relationships and how important God-centered relationships and how that's fed my ongoing faith formation, too. Yep. My wife challenged me more in my faith just because of her, I mean, she was a very, her faith was a very simple faith. Um, in, in She was very much into, um, I was far more the head kind of strong guy where I was, I wanted to learn more, and I wanted to read the, the books and read the theology, read the catechism, and do that kind of thing. Hers was more of the ro- the faith spiritual side of it, the rosary, right. the, the devotional kind of. And and that's been such a blessing to me, you know, and it, it that's continued that ongoing process. And really that friendship of my my marriage 
and the learning of that has helped my faith formation too. That well, and as it should, married I mean, couples need to address that. Yeah, that's the intent of marriage, right? Yeah. To help one another, right? And, and that's yeah, kind of grow, that grow deeper that in Christ. In Grow deep, but you see the relationships, in the, and I think many times it's that becomes a struggle between relationships where you sure. have one that doesn't want to go in that faith journey as much, or has that fourteen spirituality still right. at forty-eight, and the other one wants to struggle forward. Right. You know the he man that doesn't want all oh, that sissy stuff, or that's not. But I would true. encourage the one that's interested in learning more and going deeper. I would encourage that person to make the jump mm-hmm. and to and to seek out the the classes or the books or the people that can feed that hunger that they yeah. have. And chances are pretty good their spouse will um, pick up a few things along the way, even right. if they aren't as in Especially if it's, if, if it's all approached in honesty. I mean, it's and a, love. And love and, and, love. and, and mm-hmm. they, they, it cannot not go right. Right. I mean, wrong. I mean, yeah. It's, Actually, yeah, yeah, it, it like, cannot not cannot go wrong. It okay. cannot not right. go wrong. All your negatives were. I'm confusing. sorry. Too many <laughs> negatives. I'm just negative. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think Kim might have be downer. And I think an example of this, in terms of growing and understanding how that lends itself to to the deeper relationship is I th- we were talking about earlier about mass Sunday mass. Mm-hmm. For me, I know as I've come to understand what mass is, it's allowed me to enter into it more fully. Uh-huh. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, yes, no? Absolutely. I, I, how is that true, if it has been true in your own lives, that particular example? How is Mass? As you have grown an understanding of, of the Mass, have you been, have you found it, or are you still a 14-year-old Mass goer, it, Kevin? For me, it's, it's <laughs> one of those things that actually um, led me to convert. I'm, I'm a convert. I was raised Protestant, and um, the Mass... For me, as I, as I read the Bible and, and learned more about the Bible, um, what was exciting to me about the Catholic faith is that the Mass is taken directly from the Bible. Everything that's done up there is taken from the Bible, and we are doing um, what was done in the Old Testament, and then it was fulfilled in the New Testament. And um, so to, for me, there's real joy in in doing things that our ancestors did and the disciples did and all to praise God. Right. Mm. Kevin? I th- you know, and you know, you talk about this, the 14-year-old going to Mass. Still 14, there's at times that you struggle yeah. in the process of the Mass because of its structure and its prayer and its activity to, to remain in the focus. It, um, my problem I have more today is that I'm put in roles of, you know, we canter or we mm-hmm. sing. And it, to me, it's very hard to really worship a Mass when you're active within the Mass. Right. So, so um, I mean, that's where lectures, I think, really has to be focused because you, you think about what you got to be doing. You think, you're thinking about that word that has to be pronounced. Mm-hmm. If you're cantering, you're thinking about, okay, here comes the response or here comes this, where's my music, where's this? And so I find that a distraction in my growth in, with the Mass. That's why I like to try to go. To, you know, I have to be far better at going to daily Mass, which I'm lousy at. And But it's just like somebody who has always said, if you believe that's Jesus Christ, you should be wanting to get there yeah. so fast. You know? <laughs> yes. uh, so yeah. I, and, and, and you sit there, and that's the, the in my mind, as I'm watching the consecration and everything like that, I said, that's Jesus Christ, and why am I not flat on my face? 
you know, but yet mm-hmm. I'm still worried about. And so I really think my my mass experience is not a 14 year old, but but I you have to that mystery sometimes eludes me as I'm yep. there right. because you're distracted and because by I'm distracted by the activity. But at the, having said that's all. I mean, that, that's I've my seen you in the by well. the way, Chris. I've seen you in the pew with kids. Yes, so. I, I, <laughs> I, I was not going to say. I on the other hand, levitating and ecstasy. But the fact that you recognize that to me indicates that you have the faith of a 48-year-old. The 14-year-old well, uh, is distracted, right. but they don't know that they're distracted. Well, you, know you what see I mean? the 14-year-old playing with their fingernail yeah, polish. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So, they, they, they don't, rec- they don't right. realize, okay, this is there's more here going on, and darn it, why am I yeah. dis- so distracted? The, the recognizing that itself yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's and I think that's that's... Because when you do and you're present and you, you you are in the moment, it is a very powerful experience to be able to, to receive um, and to to uh, uh, engage into the prayer of the Mass. Right. Um, but, uh, boy, there's a lot of – that's a tough prayer, yep. you know. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. So, but, and what I find in even the history, just, you know, I was talking about that just to know that the Eucharistic, the Eucharistic celebration – was even before scripture. Exactly. You know, and, and to know that this was a tradition that immediately was carried on by the apostles and that is it is such a I mean, when we talk generational, it's right. it's such a powerful experience yep. to know. Yep. And and that's really something humbly that you look back on and you go, Okay, this is so important. And that's why you know, talking to the kids, I said, you know, it's out of God's great generosity is why we you know, we're there and we're able yeah. to do that and celebrate that. And, the, and not just because it's a command you go on Sunday, but to, you know, my kids go to Catholic schools. And, you know, I, you always get that, that question. So, well, I went to Mass on Friday. Okay. Why are we going? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? You know, what did you receive out of that? And what has God given you that you need to respond back to? And then what is keeping the Lord's, the Sabbath? And why is that important? So, I mean, it's... Continuing education or continuing learning of faith is always a continual conversion. Uh, yeah, ongoing yeah, yeah. conversion. Time. Yep. And trying to, and that's where the kids have to, you know, I've told, I've run into so many people who said, why are you Catholic? You know, and I'm this faith whatever. I'm just, I said, because I have my, I have my signpost that continues on the backbone that continues me to move forward mm-hmm. and to grow deeper. And uh, that's why I try to teach my, you know, I'm trying to teach the kids and I hope it sticks that that this is this is this is your backbone that'll keep you stable in the future right. and will continue that that those epiphanies to understand God even more yep. and if you can get that your chemistry grade is less important well unless you're going to be a doctor <laughs> but, but I don't know if I have any doctors in my household but I mean medical doctors but maybe I got a doctor of theology I don't know <laughs> so Hmm. <laughs> so, but, but you know, they continue the journey. Right. So, there you go. I'm talking too much. Do yes, you, you do? Are. What do you quiet. do to continue, continue to your faith more. formation, though? Kevin? What was that? What do you do as an adult to continue your faith formation? <clears throat> well, I think. Um, <laughs> well, read. What do I, you, okay, so yeah, I, I, I was just going to ask. I'm glad Renee said that. Like, give me some examples, some books I'm that you found particularly. There. Um, valuable not necessarily what you're reading right now right or maybe now? Well, either way you know spirituality is what i've, I've dived <clears throat> in a lot 
But you just picked one up off my desk. I was reading um, uh, Jugman, Jugman's? Jungman. Jungman. It's a, Jungman. Is he German or is he a chemist? He's German. But the history of the mass. Yeah. Um, uh, scripture I've been reading a lot more lately. Um, uh, actually, I've got, and right now I've gotten into just fun reading, just non-connected to anything. So, so, but my last book, I, I reread Henry Nouwen's Return of the Prodigal Son. And then... Um, Again? Uh, Again, I think I read it like four or five times. So, so you know, so, um, but that that's more spirituality stuff. And I've been, I read, you know, I'm kind of odd too. I like reading the catechism. I like reading different versions of catechisms. Um, what do you mean? Um, like the U.S. bishops have a catechism. Oh, yeah, the, the adult you know, catechism. The yep. adult catechism. Yep. I just like going and rereading those things because sure. it gives you different insights or different angles to explain things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Working for the church, you get a lot of questions about faith issues. And why we do this and why we don't do that and why we do that. And yeah, so I find my, a lot of my reading is trying to rediscover what that is. You know, what, why, okay, why are we doing this why, and what yeah. is the history of that? What is the, you know. Renee, what about you? Any resources that? Um, the, the books that I like reading are books that kind of give the background information about what was going on in the history and the time mm-hmm. of, of Jesus and Mary and things that were going on. The things that I'm reading currently... Um, I'm doing a uh, Bible study on my own um, using a book called Women of the Gospels, uh, The Friends and Disciples of Jesus by Stephen Binns. Um, I like that because it's focusing on the women, um, the women in the gospel. And the neat thing about that for me is um, Jesus was very radical about um, including women in his ministry during a time when, when women were considered property he went completely against the norm and um, had women that actually followed him in his ministry and, and went with him from town to town. And, that, and it's just interesting to put, um, for me, faces and, and experiences to those names that you read in the Bible. Like the genealogy of, when, you, when it lists the genealogy of Jesus, there's women that are listed. And um, a lot of times when you read the genealogy, you just kind of go blah, 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 and, and skip through it because it's like, who cares? But there is so much in that genealogy and how God used those women to carry on um, the line for Jesus. And he didn't use queens and, and princesses and all these um, lovely people. He used people who were... Um, we're sinners, just like the rest of us, mm-hmm. and, and, and that intrigues me. The other book that I have really enjoyed reading is Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World, and that's about that book is about um, the Mary and Martha story, story where mm. Martha says to Jesus, make her get up and help me, and Jesus says, no, Mary's chosen the better thing. And in my life, I'm the Martha, and so it just gives you um, insight on how to have more of a merry heart. So. Now, I noticed that you brought books today. Now, was this pre-planned that you guys just sprung that question on me without, you know? I just know Chris so well that um, I knew we were <laughs> going to be asked. You knew do that. Huh? Yeah, okay, so okay. I came prepared. I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> you plead the fifth. Yeah. Plead the... No, lies, you lies, can't remember, lies. You, you can't remember what you're reading right now or what's been well, important I can, to you? Well, I can but, you know... I didn't bring books with me. I was, you know, I was watching basketball last night. I was, <laughs> and did that help you? And I said my rosary as I said the rosary as you were watching basketball. No, after, oh. as I went to bed and was settling down, I prayed, and you know, and I didn't read last night. I mean, so 
So I'm sorry. You know, you know for our listeners, the <laughs> other Catholic thing that yeah, the other thing that I would encourage our listeners to do is um, our diocese hosts or conducts classes on continuing education, and I've taken several, and they are amazing. Um, Joe Rutten is one of the teachers, and he is awesome. Um, I think he's one of the diocese's best-kept secrets. I think he should be doing more at He's a, Joe is a teacher at, at one of the high schools, the, the Catholic High School in Sioux Falls, for those of you who don't know Joe Rutten. And Dr. Chris yeah. Bergwald also teaches classes and does an, a wonderful job. Thank you very much. So I did he, not pay her for that. No, but he's got a good one coming up at Lent. So if you're looking for... Yeah, and actually I was going to mention that we were talking about Mass earlier, and, and uh, f- we have the Bishop Martin Marty Institute for the New Evangelization. It's a mouthful, but uh, what we're the topic we're going to address during Lent this this year is the Mass and, and the scriptural background and then how it developed. So so like looking at the Passover as the Jews celebrated, the Israelites and the Jews in the Old Testament, and, and how the Last Supper, its connection to the Passover, Passover meal, uh, but it is also the first Mass and the connection between the Mass and the Last Supper and the crucifixion and how it's developed up into our own time. Of course, there's a lot going on. Well, I don't know, a lot going on is the right way to put it, but uh, there's a lot of news because we're going to be getting th- this coming Advent. Um, I'm very excited about next Christmas. It's only January stuff, but anyway, <laughs> this coming Advent, we're going to have the new translation of the Roman Missal. Um, and there's, there's, relatively speaking, a lot of attention in the Catholic world about that. Um, and so we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll have other things throughout the diocese for those of you in the diocese as that time gets closer with the new translation. But, but anyway. I think that new translation is also a wonderful time um, for adult catechesis. And if people are interested in maybe learning a little bit more, there will be even, you know, there are things that are out there now that they can participate in, but there are even more things coming. And to be watching their bishop's bulletin and their yep. their parish bulletins for more information. And, and, and just on that, sort of zeroing back in again on, on the Mass, um, you know, one of the people often ask, you know, with liturgical prayer where it's the, where it doesn't change, the prayers that don't change where we just say them, why do you do that? Because you, you just, you know, you, you sort of just say it without praying it. And that certainly can happen. I mean, you, Kevin, you're talking about the, you know, the struggles that we, we all have with uh, uh, being attentive at Mass. Um, we certainly can sort of fall into this habit of just saying the, the prayers instead of praying the prayers. But what I tell people, the nice thing about knowing what's going to be prayed is it allows you to enter in mm-hmm. to what's going to be prayed. Because say, take, for example, a prayer that we don't say that we participate in, the Eucharistic prayer. Uh, there are only well, four commonly used uh, Eucharistic prayers. There are some other options, but four really, that, and of those, only a couple of them are commonly used, more commonly used. So when the priest is praying the Eucharistic prayer, I know what he's going to say next. I don't have to, you know, when I'm talking, I don't know what's going to come out of your mouths. So I have to, you know, but I have, to, I'm listening to you and then to understand what you're saying. But when you're at mass and you're praying at mass, I, I know what father is going to say next in the Eucharistic prayer. So I'm able to enter into the prayer. I don't have to hear, understand, and then enter and try to catch up again. I know I can anticipate it and enter into it. Uh, having, having common liturgical prayer allows us to literally say prayers together. You know, exactly. the classic. And, it's, and what I think is so cool about the Catholic Church is it's not just the people that are sitting in the pews around you. When we're all saying the common prayer, that's worldwide. Every right. Catholic worldwide yep. is saying that prayer. And then there's the that's mystery of the prayer, too, that that we are at Calvary at that moment, you know, at that consecration. Right. We are with Christ yep. there. And that 
And that is such a powerful yep. reflection. Absolutely. That you do need that routine of the of the yeah. of the prayer just to just to be able to enter into the whole understanding of the the power and the and the and the grace that is present to us at yep. that moment. And, and so so I, I find that I once I once told a group of young people, I said, you know, I realize that you're sitting there and you're totally um, sometimes bored of what's happening. But if you could just visualize and put on the glasses of of angels and be able to see that the heavens and the earth are opening yep. up and, and exactly. reveal to you a time unfolds, unfolds, and we are present to Christ and Calvary and and the priest through his consecration is offering us the flesh and blood of Christ, literally, I said, I, you would be astounded. And I think that's such, and it's through that mem- that liturgy, that routine, right. that w- you're right, that we can enter into that kind of contemplation. But Go that's ahead. a very conscious thing as, yeah. as Catholics. I mean, that's, it's one of, that's the adult faith, mm-hmm. um, the 48-year-old faith. That's a very conscious thing that you need to be realizing and, and drawing from as you... And I think we as adults, though, sometimes get so routine into it, we forget about that. Absolutely. And I don't think we've really, I, I think we've done a poor job sometimes of letting people know that that's actually what's happening. But I think that's one of the the great potential blessings with the new translation is because we're going to have to be a lot more aware of the right. words we're saying. Now, for the people, as we'll see, uh, it's not going to be drastic. It's, it's much, it's more different for the priests. Yeah. But there are changes for, for us right at the beginning, uh, the Lord... When the priest says, the Lord be with you, we've been saying for 40 years and also with you, but the Latin is better translated. And what we will be saying is, and with your spirit, it refers to, it's it's from one of St. Paul's letters. So right from the beginning of, we're going to have to be a lot more aware of what we're saying, which I think will help us. And again, as as Kevin, as you said, it'll lend us to... uh, to entering eventually more into the mystery once we get accustomed to the new mm. prayers. I think yeah. there will be, and, and I know I've heard complaints about the change in, in the missal, and, but I think there are going to be so many blessings. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and day. I hear, I've heard people complain about this or that. And I go, I said, I haven't had, I said, I don't think you can really complain or say anything until after you've really heard it, you right. know, cause you know, yeah. we really have we haven't, Participated in it, and right. and you know, there's been complaining about the new mass for the last forty years too. Right. I mean, so I mean, you know, I've had people talk about that and complain about different things. I said, you know what, go with it. Do you know, you know? what a priest told me? What he said, you didn't get to vote on the Ten Commandments either. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, um, so any other, any other close in terms of anything that you've been dying to say, Kevin, I don't think there's anything that you've been dying to say you haven't said already. (laughs) Uh, Renee, what about you? No, either of you, anything that you, you know, that you really want to want the listeners to hear? I, I think, um, I know that there are many stages of life. And so for those people that are out there raising small children and feel like they have zero time to take advantage of the classes and um, that you can do adult faith formation without taking a whole evening or taking a whole weekend or whatever. There's, um, there's things that you can do every day that would take five minutes of your time, 10 minutes of your time that are working towards that goal. One of them is um, purchasing a subscription to the Magnificat, which has all the daily readings in it, or the word among us is a good one. And just one of the things that I like to do is over breakfast, because I'm, you know, I'm a busy mom too, squeezing it in, um, is I, I 
do my morning devotions over a bowl of cold cereal where I have cold cereal and then I read my daily mass readings and and just taking the time just to just taking a few seconds to invite God into your day and going forward um, there are lots of opportunities but the little things count too right, right. good Kevin you know as she was saying that I think one of the, my faith formation things for me is 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 to be more public about it too and in a sense in my family um, instead of saying the rosary on the bed in my bedroom by myself or something like that, I say the rosary in the chair outside in the open area. So when the kids come walking through, they see I'm praying. Yeah. And, you know, and it's one of those things where I, that what that does to me is makes me attentive to um, my actions and my faith in our family and where we're at. Mm -hmm. I think it, it will help the kids to know that dad prays, that mom prays. It, and it and it the ongoing formation is to literally stop for a moment and attempt to find God in the everyday. Where is God touching and involved in your lives in the everyday? And and it says grab onto that piece because that's where you're going to get hungry then, and you're going to find mm-hmm. that you need to get stronger and continue that ongoing growth. I say you know you're either you stay at that 14 year old or you start paying attention to where God's operating in your life so you can keep on growing. I, I really think that's being attentive to finding God in the everyday. I agree. So if it's prayer with the Magnificat or it's saying the uh, uh, memorized prayer of rosary or mm-hmm. going to daily mass, mm-hmm. which we, you know is to me is one of those things I need to get better at. Um, I think that's really um, something important that I felt I had to say. <laughs> too too long and too much, but you know. <laughs> no. oh, I'm glad you did. Uh, and I'm glad you're both here again. Thanks for uh, indulging me, uh, taking the time of your busy days. I'd like to say hello to Renee's dad. <laughs> Hi, Dad. <laughs> and we will. He's not in Australia, though. <laughs> no, he's not. We will do this another time. And, dear listener, thank you once again for listening. God bless and have a great week.